Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to look at the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together, you and I, can prepare to live outside the walls. Well, I hope you've had a good week. I hope you're enjoying your weekend. Uh, I, I know I am. And uh, we're, we're, we've got a great show today. Uh, we're going to be talking with Father Jim Sitchko. Uh, he's out of the Diocese of Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, and currently he is in Richmond, Kentucky. But very soon, very soon, July 1st, uh, he's going to be, as assigned by his bishop, a full-time missionary of mercy. We're going to talk with him about what that means, what that looks like, talk with him a little bit about the year of mercy, and maybe clear up some things about how we use that word. Um, I'm a fan of the uh, the movie The Princess Bride, right? I'm sure that you've seen it, and if you haven't, then you need to go out and watch it, but this is, a, and this is a very important but, you need to watch it with someone who's seen it before, because I've had a few friends who have gone out and they've watched this movie and they've kind of cocked their heads to the side and said, Everyone's so excited about this movie. What's the deal? You have to watch it with other people. So uh, the reason I bring that up is there's this just delightful phrase that uh, one of the characters says because uh, his boss is going around saying inconceivable all the time. And he looks at, uh, looks at him at one point and says, you keep saying that word. I do not think it means what you think it means, right? And so I use that all the time because we very often use words in a way that they're really not meant to be used. I I don't think that means what you think it means. I mean, all the way down to the word love, right? I I love pizza. I love love, uh, the Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs. I I love the Texas Rangers. I, I love you, right? Well, um, I don't think that word means what you think it means. I actually wrote a blog post about this over on my blog on the Pathios Network. You can get to that by going to OutsideTheWalls.com. And uh, up at the top, click the blog button. It'll take you there. Uh, and that post was, oh gosh, what did I call that post? That post was called, Do You Understand the Words That Are Coming Out of My Mouth? Uh, that's another movie reference, just in case you missed it. We use these words all the time, and we just think that, well, you know, if I use this word this way enough, right, then someone is finally going to agree that that that's the way we use it. Uh, I I don't know if this is true or not. I wouldn't surprise me, but I have heard uh, someone commenting on that on that blog post. Uh, I've heard that someone out there that that they're considering adding the definition. of adding to the definition of the word literally, right? To, to add to that definition that that word means figuratively. And, and I just look at this and go, you know, usage, um, sometimes, yes, sometimes word usage does evolve and it does give us a new understanding of that word. And, and so over time, language does shift. However, there are some times when you're using a word and, and you're just using it wrong, Right. We don't need to change the definition of literally to include figuratively. We just need you to stop saying literally when you mean figuratively. Right. Uh, figuratively is 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 just exactly the opposite thing of literally. Literally means it, it actually, you know, happened. Uh, there's a book out there that I've not yet finished. I need to go and read it and I probably shouldn't recommend it without reading it. But I, I love the title so much. The title is from a, a guy by the name of John McWhorter. And the the book is called uh, The Degradation of Language and Music and Why We Should Like Care. 
Uh, and this is very true to uh, kind of my philosophy. There is a reason that we use the words we use. There's nuance behind words. And when you just kind of willy-nilly throw them out there and say, well, it's pretty much approximate, then um, th- that's a problem. You know, when I write my blog posts, I'll, I have uh, this word pop into my head, and I'm pretty sure I'm using it right. But almost invariably, if I'm not absolutely 100,000% sure I'm going to do a real quick Google search because I want to make sure that I am accurately utilizing the nuance that's necessary. For instance, here's a for instance. I'm going to tell you something that I did. I understood this word incorrectly, right? Here we go. I'm going to tell you. I was writing a blog post uh, about, uh, it may have even been this one. I don't, it was somewhere recently. And I was talking about the obligation that we have to brotherly love, Right. Uh, and that's a that's a big thing. I'm sure it was the same post because we're talking about love. Um, so here I am in the middle of it. And, and I the, the term pops into my head because I, I don't just want to say brotherly love that that's just that's another one that's been overly used and and misconstrued. So I the, the term came up filial. Oh, that's right. Because, you know, Philadelphia, the brotherly love f- filial. There you go. And so I go and look it up. Just to make sure, and I'm glad that I did, because filial is relating to a father and a son uh, or or parentage and children, and it is not in the slightest related to brothers. Uh, and so that's why Latin, it pays to know Latin, um, and it pays to know more than I know, right? Because uh, filial and Philadelphia sound close enough to me. I was thinking, oh, sure, that's what it is. No. So... Uh, each of these words has nuance. And for me, the words that I choose are very important because I am choosing them for the purpose of precision. I don't want to get across a general idea. I want you to know what's going on in my head. That's why I have a ra- <laughs> that's why I have a radio show, because other people like, hey, he wants people to know what's going on in his head. I bet we could convince him. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, so here we are. Um, but yeah, these words have a meaning. Words have purpose and import. And the purpose of words is to convey what's in our heads into what's in someone else's heads. And when we're just all loosey goosey with it, then we might get across a general idea, but there's no true consensus. You know, when I was growing up, this is how bad this is, right? When I was growing up, I would look at uh, green, I would look at uh, a grass and I would say that grass is green. And someone else would say that grass is green. And I'm like, I wonder if they're experiencing green in the same way that I am, or if their green is actually what I would consider purple, but because we're looking at the same thing and we're perceiving the same thing and we're calling it the same thing, we think we agree, but maybe we do, maybe we don't. And so now you understand why I like precision and language. Uh, Love, if you go read the blog post or if you read any of Thomas Aquinas whatsoever, love, according to Thomas Aquinas, is to will the good of another. That's a far cry from emotionality. It's a far cry from affection or affinity. It's a far cry from, hey, I, I like that pizza. I love that pizza. I will the good of that pizza. No, you don't. You will for that pizza to give you good. Uh, and hopefully it is. Uh, well, love requires a, a different understanding. And the reason that words are so important, the reason it's important that we understand and use the word love correctly is because then that spills over into very important things like marriage and family, right? If I say, uh, I love you, but what I really mean is I get warm fuzzies when I'm around you. Well, then that creates a problem on down the line when, when the tough times come. That's why 
in the marriage vows, we say for better, for worse, in richer, in, for richer and poorer, in sickness and in health till death us do part, right? That includes everything. And if you think of love in those contexts, I will your good. I want to stay with you. I want to provide for you. I want to care for you. I will your good in sickness and in health, uh, so forth and so on. As opposed to, I have really good feelings about you and you make me happy in, in health. But sickness, well, no, sickness, you really don't make me all that happy. I really don't like cleaning up your vomit. Nope, not really a fan. And so we end up with these relationships that they think that they're based on love. They use the, the terminology of being based on love. But what they are is really only looking out for their own good. And this is a problem. Now, we're going to apply this some as we come into the next segment. We're going to talk about mercy because that's another word that has been misconstrued by a number of people. And if we're in this year of mercy and we're going to talk about what mercy uh, that we need to be giving mercy, then we really need to understand what mercy is. And it's not just the blanket acceptance of everything and everyone. There is nuance and richness. It's not that there's nuance to mercy so we can withhold mercy. Rather, there is a richness to what mercy is that is deeper than those things that we are, as a society, generally offering to others. So we're going to be talking about that, uh, oh, just, gosh, in about 15 minutes or so, not too long from now, uh, with Father Jim Sitchko. So what's a word that you, maybe when you were younger, uh, you thought you knew what it meant, and you just completely botched it. You you threw it out there. You thought you knew what it meant, but later it, you came to the embarrassing conclusion that <laughs> that's that's not what that word meant. If you have one of those, why don't you uh, why don't you pop over to social media and tell me all about it? Because I really want to hear. Uh, Facebook dot com slash step outside the walls on Twitter. The handle is at outside the walls. I'll take anything. I'll you know the, the children. Um, yeah. Our, our Father who art in heaven, Howard be your name, right? You've got that one. You've heard that one before. Uh, there's all sorts of things like that where I'm, you're just at, for me, uh, I thought the the Culture Club song, Boy George, Boy George and the Culture Club, I thought it was come on, come on, come on, come on, chameleon, as if like the chameleon was uh, hanging back and wasn't really following as quickly as you wanted it to. Come on, chameleon, come on. Uh, completely missed that. And uh I'm sure you have a story either of you or of your children uh, that you could regale us with. And I really want to, I really am very curious. What's a word that you have used sometime in your life or that your children have used sometime in their short little lives incorrectly? Let's, uh, let's share and gather some enjoyment from one another as we hear these stories over on facebook.com slash step outside the walls on Twitter. The handle is at outside the walls. And we'll be back in just a moment to talk about mercy. Uh, Do you really understand what that word means and what that concept requires of you? If you want to catch up on some of those blog posts or some of our archived shows, go over to OutsideTheWalls.com, unless you're driving. I don't want you to do it while you're driving. But otherwise, when you get home, OutsideTheWalls.com. Take a look at our old episodes. Take a look at our blogs and tell me what you think. We'll be right back after this. Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Thanks for sticking through the break. 
Well, we got a great show today. We're going to be talking today with Father Jim Sitchko. Uh, he's out of the Diocese of Lexington, Kentucky, uh, and is one uh, of the appointed missionaries of mercy during this year of mercy, uh, but probably in a very unique situation, is been appointed by his bishop starting July 1st to be a full-time missionary of mercy. Father Jim, thanks for being with us today. It's great to be here and great to be with you and your listeners. So let's talk a little bit uh, to start off with about what it looks like uh, to be a missionary of mercy and and what your response is to that being an ongoing thing rather than just a one-year assignment. Sure. Well, first of all, I was taken completely by surprise when I received an official notification the Vatican uh, informing me last year that I was one of 100 missionaries of mercy in the United States, and out of that, one of 1,000 in the world, hmm. and that I was invited to Rome um, and to uh, actually be mandated by Pope Francis himself. And so that was an awesome, um, humbling experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then to slowly... Uh, I've been a pastor for the last 12 years at one of our larger parishes, and I've been the only priest here. And and being very called or felt God was calling me very much towards um, full-time preaching ministry. You know, I visited with my bishop, who is uh, a new bishop named uh, Bishop John Stowe. Mm-hmm. And he also felt through collaboration with his his people that he speaks with my brother priest, um, for me to be able to do this for uh, full time and to assist in, in, in evangelization. You know, evangelization is so important in, in our church, spreading the word of God, spreading that which we receive every day in the Eucharist and going forth and being Christ to one another. And people are hungry for the word. And so uh, I, I'm very happy, very fortunate that even in this mission diocese of Lexington, Kentucky, that the bishop has taken this bold move to allow me um, or allow one of his priests Mm -hmm. to go full-time in in preaching. And and this is really nothing out of the ordinary or new for you in terms of taking uh, the the Word of God and putting it in a very tangible way. I mean, you've made the news uh, for a couple of years of, uh, going out and uh, around Christmas time and giving out gift cards or paying for, I think, paying for gas. I think I've seen you do several of these things that that kind of exemplify making mercy manifest and visible in ways that maybe most of the time we don't see. That's exactly right. For, well, you know, I've had the great opportunity um, through the bishops of Lexington that have allowed me uh, to be full-time pastor and also part-time preacher. And so I've traveled for the last 18 years throughout the United States uh, giving parish missions or talks or motivational uh, priest retreats, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I've also tried to do these things outside of the box within our own um, diocese in which I try to challenge in a visible way, like uh, many, uh, about two years ago, I painted on the outside of our doors and our church doors face Main Street in Richmond, Kentucky. I painted the symbol of the N, which is the ISIS N, people of 
the ISIS will put this Arabic N on people's doors saying that they are Christian, mm -hmm. and then they will give them three options, either convert to ISIS, uh, pay a tax, or, um, or um, be, be crucified. And uh, so we did this in solidarity, and, and it sent a message. It sends a message that as, as Catholics, as Christians, you know what? We're, we're just not this in our own diocese. These, we're brothers and sisters throughout the whole world. Mm -hmm. We're talking today with and, Father Jim Sitchko. He is a missionary of mercy out of the Diocese of Lexington. So let's talk a little bit about what mercy is really is because uh, you sure. know, we, we get this word and we hear it and, and there's all kinds of ideas about it. We talked in the last segment about how sometimes we use words and, and not in the way that they're meant to be used, not in their definition, but just because we think right. that's what they mean. Cardinal, right. uh, Cardinal Sarah recently said, uh, mercy is superficially understood by many as a clean slate over their sins but there's no forgiveness if there is no repentance. Jesus didn't say to the adulteress, well, go and continue and do what you're doing since I forgive you. No, but because she threw her f herself at his feet and begs forgiveness, he says, go and sin no more. So we have these two pictures right. of, of mercy, one that focuses on, well, what you're saying isn't mercy because uh, you've got you've to repent. And then, but they still lose sight of what mercy is because they're so caught in justice. Then you have people on the That's other right. side who are so caught in mercy that they don't they don't see the need for conversion to take place. That we come to Christ and He takes us as we are, but then He transforms us. So talk a little bit about your understanding of mercy and what that looks like for us this year. For for me, I, I believe that mercy has to be rooted in the heart of Christ. Now, when we speak about the heart of Christ. We have to also remember that the heart of Christ also challenges. The heart of Christ also pushes you out of your comfort zone. The heart of Christ challenges you to be committed to the way of Christ, which in turn challenges you to be committed to God, our Father, who gave us those commandments and not suggestions. You know, and I and I think I think the thing is we have to be very careful. Uh, and, and I say this as I travel around, we can't water down our Catholicism and the gospel and what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. Being merciful is a challenge. <laughs> Being merciful is difficult. It just doesn't come easy, okay? It may be easy to be merciful and compassionate to those who are like you, mm -hmm. okay? But what about those who are not like you? How about those who don't profess what you profess, okay? M being merciful doesn't mean that you just lay on the ground and accept everything. The, what merciful means that you respect the other, but at the same time, you can teach them to lead them to conversion, okay? So uh, I, I think one of the powerful things that Pope Francis does is that Pope Francis really does open the doors to the church. And, what, and the way he does that is instead of immediately saying, you don't belong here, mm -hmm. what he says is, welcome and come in, but then be challenged by the word, be challenged by the action, be challenged by the message. Right. You know, and when you leave here, you must be different. 
I think of the the picture of the the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. That's, that's one right. that we're very aware of. And what's interesting to that is uh, Jesus engages her right where she is, knowing full well everything that's going on in her life. And he doesn't that's start right. with that. He starts with, "Hey, can you get me a drink of water?" Uh, the something she right. probably hasn't heard in in decades because nobody wants to talk to her. Uh, and right. so he starts by recognizing the person and engaging the person. Sure without any mention of anything else going on in her life. So it's like, I think so many people want to open wide the door and say, hey, this is a really easy path, whereas Catholicism is a very difficult path, but it's a very accessible door. Oh, exactly. And and, and let me tell you something. If you think, uh, if you don't think reading Scripture and the Word of God is challenging, you're not reading it correctly. You know, uh, as I often say this, if your Bible is in good shape, you aren't. <laughs> and, 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 and I think it's, it's very true. You know, um, you, you brought up a very good point. How about, you know, I, I, when I travel around, I ask the people, why was Zacchaeus up in the tree? Mm-hmm. It wasn't because he was short. Because I'll tell you something, my Italian mother is 88 years old and, five, and four foot nine, and she can get to the front of any line possible, okay? <laughs> the reason Zacchaeus was up in the tree is because he was hated. He was despised. Mm-hmm. And the only place that he could get was by having someone shimmy him up a tree. And where did Jesus stop? Jesus stopped to him, mm-hmm. but he didn't finish there. He right. said, Zacchaeus, come down here, and guess what? I want to go have dinner with you, and I want to talk with you. Well, and okay. dinner dinner is a quite quite a big thing for that culture, more so than we would expect That's for ours. That's exactly right. That's right. And let me tell you something. Uh, we wouldn't be talking to this day about Zacchaeus being needed by Christ if he was just because he was short. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that's the message. Right. So I, I'm curious, what are some places that we can start uh, to, to reformulate our understanding of mercy, some very practical things. And we'll talk about this on the other side of the break as well. Sure. I, I think one of the first things is, and, and a difficult thing, is how do you find yourself getting outside of your comfort zone? Mm-hmm. What ways can you be challenged? And, and, and what I mean by that is, have you ever taken time to sit in church in silence and in prayer. Some people say I do it all the time. Some people, guess what? They show up five minutes before mass. Mm -hmm. And leave before the uh, final blessing. (laughs) Uh, Not at my church, but yes, you're exactly right. Um, But but, but do you see what I'm saying? How many many people have, have stopped for a moment and paid for the person behind them without knowing them or without receiving any type of accolade? We'll talk about this a little bit more right after the break. Uh, We're talking with Father Jim Sitchko of the Diocese of Lexington, Kentucky. We're talking about mercy and what it really means and how it affects you. Join us over on Facebook.com slash Step Outside the Walls. On Twitter, the handle is at Outside the Walls. I want to hear what you think. We'll be right back after this. Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Thanks for sticking through the break. 
We're talking today with Father Jim Sitchko of the uh, Diocese of Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, this past year, he's been one of the, the 100 missionaries of mercy appointed by Pope Francis in the United States. And now his bishop, who is, by the way, a Franciscan, so I think that that's probably that's telling yeah. in part of how this has come about, uh, but his bishop has now assigned him to be a, a continuing missionary of mercy, to do this full-time, to go out as a preaching ministry, uh, to help the rest of us uh, know a little bit more about the will of God. So we're talking about mercy, and some of these uh, these things that we often miss or overlook or maybe we didn't haven't thought about since the Baltimore catechism uh, are the are the acts of mercy both the corporal right. works of mercy and the spiritual works of mercy uh, and those are some very pragmatic and very difficult things to pull off uh, you know you've got you've got the um, some people on the internet they really like the the spiritual acts of mercy because you've got uh, instructing the ignorant right and right Right. And and they forget that that you know you need to do that in in relationship and in mercy and not just you know with a, a sh- shaken fist. Uh, so talk to us a little bit more about these pragmatic, practical things. You started with prayer and just sitting in silence and listening for the voice of God. How do we move forward in these practical aspects of mercy? I, I think one of the first things that we all have to do is this: God has built within each and every one of us something called a conscience, you know? And, and I think one of the things that has happened is that over time we have watered down our conscience. Mm-hmm. And I believe that God speaks to us in that. We know when we see someone who is hurting that we should go and say hello or spend some time or take a moment, but yet we worry. We begin in our mind, what, well, what will they say or what will they do or or what, you know, what, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, we have to start listening to our conscience. And how does that happen? That happens by really rectifying ourselves first before God. So, A, yes, we have to be people of prayer. But then guess what? We have to do an action step. We have to get ourselves to confession. Mm-hmm. Huh? We have to receive the grace of the sacrament that unites us wholly. And then by that, we then receive the Eucharist. And in receiving the Eucharist, what some people for some reason just don't get is that when we consume Jesus as one of ourselves, we then are sent forth. Okay. We're sent forth out of the church, right? Mm -hmm. We, 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 we are called to go forth. He gives us a command, go, go and preach to all the nations. All right. And so as we go forth, we spread the good news. And how do we spread the good news? It's not always in spoken word. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's in action. You know, I, I say all the time whenever I'm preaching uh, to places uh, where I've never been before, I, I ask the people, would I want to be Catholic if I see what I see today? Hmm. You know, in other words, are you participating in Mass? Are you dressed appropriately? Did you greet the stranger? Are you uh, enthusiastic about being here? You know, yeah. and, and I think that's something that we have to recognize that, you know, how, uh, you know, how do you and I show mercy? We do it by showing the love of Christ, by by living the walk. Mm-hmm. And is it easy? No. But but that's how that that's how God has made us. 
You know, God made us to recognize that life is hard. But and 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 if we're going to call ourselves Catholics, if we're going to call ourselves Christians, then guess what? We're going to be crucified in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. But through the crucifixion, it's not the end. Right. Resurrection is coming. That's right. Not, not only and, and we believe that. Not only in the typology of uh, of a specific circumstance, but really at the end of all days, you know, we say I believe uh, in the resurrection of the body. And, and that's right. This isn't just some some metaphysical, uh, ethereal thing. It's a very tangible, uh, corporal, in the truest sense of the word, thing that we are bodily, and we're expecting the bodily resurrection, just as Christ was resurrected in His body. That's right. You know, um, today I had a, a great opportunity. Um, Richmond, Kentucky has an amazing university, and it's called Eastern Kentucky University. We also have a campus ministry on that university. But I was asked today to come and speak to about 100 to 150 young kids who were at a basketball camp there. Coach Dan McHale, who is the EKU basketball coach, is also a member of our church. And he asked me to come and speak to the camp. And and I told the kids, I said, I have, I have three things to tell you. And these three lessons are lessons that will make you faithful people. And if you're faithful to these lessons, then in turn, you will be successful. Because really in life, we're called to faithfulness, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. I said, the first thing is, the first thing is, don't be a jerk. <laughs> you know? Well, seriously, we all have bad days, right? We all have difficulties. We don't want to do our chores. You know, we, we, some, we get to the work late where the, the traffic is. Guess what? Don't pass your misery on to others, okay? Don't be a jerk. Accept the situation. Deal with it. Seek out the help that you need, but don't pass the misery on to others, mm-hmm. okay? Number two, number two, honor the absent. And Pope Francis speaks about this all the time. Our tongues can get us in the worst of trouble through gossiping, Mm -hmm. through talking about people behind their back. It's a serious form of uh, being uncharitable, okay? So we stop being a jerk. We honor the absent. And the third thing, which I've learned from Ignatius of Loyola in in his amazing teachings and lessons is this. You give people the benefit of the doubt. You think positive instead of negative. And, And so guess what? When someone is standing on the street corner asking for change, guess what? I I don't have to worry where they what they do with it. That's between them and God, okay? But if I have a few, if I have a a few spare change, it's a few spare coins, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now what they do with that is their business. Right. We we open the door. We make a way. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, and, and, and isn't that interesting? The, what, what is one of the symbols of the Jubilee year, any Jubilee year, is the opening of the doors, right? Is the opening of the holy doors. But but guess what? The doors just aren't opened, are they? You have to do something when the doors are open. You have to walk through them. Right. 
you know, and, and it's the same thing that you were talking about in the earlier segment about at the woman at the well or any time Jesus met someone. Guess what? Jesus always came halfway, but he always challenged the other to come the other halfway. OK, mm-hmm. so I, I always use the wonderful aspect of Lazarus. OK, <laughs> Jesus healed and raised Lazarus from the dead, okay? Did he go in and resuscitate Lazarus? No. Did he go in and unwrap Lazarus? No. Did he go in and tell Lazarus, come on, I'm going to help you out. You've been dead for three days. No. Jesus stood out and said, Lazarus, come forth. Well, guess what? Lazarus had to get up and get himself going. Yeah. He had to do part of the work. You know, and and so if you're going to pray for God's mercy, then guess what? You better believe that God is going to have work for you to do (laughs) that's going to involve mercy. Well, and the community has a part in that as well. So he called Lazarus forth. He raised him from the dead. And then it was the community's responsibility to free him, to unwrap him. To, to, That's exactly right. So we have these people out there who, who have maybe heard the voice of God and they've got a tinge in their conscience and they've, they're trying to make that first fearful step of maybe opening a conversation with someone who is a person of faith who they really don't trust. Uh, or maybe right. they're walking through a door. Now it's the community's job to participate in their freedom by, by unwrapping sure. them. That's right. That's right. And, and, and I think the thing is, you know, again, it goes to that message. If you're going to call yourself a Catholic, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, then guess what? You have to live it, not just on Saturday and Sunday. Right. You know, you got to live it 24-7. And is that easy? No, it's not. I'll be the first one to tell you. Okay. But, mm-hmm. but you do it. You do it because you know that God is going to give you the grace and understanding. You do it because you know it's the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you do it because really it's where your heart is drawn towards. We're talking with Father Jim Sitchko today. He is uh, one of the 100 missionaries of mercy in the United States, and he is now, as of J- July 1st, going to be full-time uh, at the assignment of his bishop going out and preaching all across the United States. So if someone is listening right now and they want to get a hold of you and they want to see about bringing you to their parish, how would they find you? Right. There's several ways. The first way, and thank you for asking of that. The first way is um, they can always find me on social media. My um, first on Facebook, it's under my name, Jim, J-I-M-S is in Sam, I-C-H-K-O. On Twitter, it's at Jim, J-I-M-S-I-C-H-K-O, or through the Diocese of Lexington through my email, which is J for Jim, and then Sitchko, S-I-C-H-K-O, at cdlex.org. Father Jim, thanks for being on the show today. Oh, thank you. There's more to come right after this break. Join us over on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle is at outside the walls. Talk to me about a time that you have participated in the works of mercy. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for 
sticking through the break. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam, here on Outside the Walls. Oh, I love having you here. Uh, I want you to know that if you missed any part of this show, or if you think someone else would benefit from the show, you want them to hear it, uh, that you can find all the archives over at OutsideTheWalls.com. There are Everything you need is there to find the blog, to find our episode archives, to find us on social media, and uh, and much more. Now, there's a new thing, brand new thing just started, I think, last week. Uh, and if you really like the show and you want to help this uh, continue and succeed and and expand, uh, you can become a friend of the show. Now, what does that mean? Well, a friend of the show is someone who wants to participate financially for a purpose, right? Uh, one, you're going to help us expand what we do for about $10 a month. Uh, you can help us continue and expand uh, this show. But two, and this is the fun part, when you sign up as a friend of the show, you become eligible uh, to, for special giveaways. I get stuff, I get books from publishers all over the Catholic world all the time, and some of them uh, make it on the show. Some of them we're going to have a conversation with the author, but a lot of them we just don't have time for. Uh, and and they're still great books. Uh, and we're going to be giving those away to people who become a friend of the show. Uh, second thing is I'm going to do brief, as soon as I get one, right, as soon as I get a friend of the show, I'm going to start doing little five-minute, 10-minute extra podcasts uh, talking about some fun story or some tiny little tidbit uh, that is going to be yours and yours alone. Only friends of the show are going to be able to access that. Uh, and so if that's something that interests you, then what you need to do is go over to breadboxmedia.com. Uh, breadbox, not redbox like the movies, breadbox like the thing that you have in your kitchen, right? Breadboxmedia.com. Uh, and then click the friend of the show button and scroll down through all the different show hosts' names until you get to Timothy Putnam. Uh, and that'll get you my exclusive content uh, for just your $10 gift a month. If you want to give more than that, hey, I'm not going to stop you. Uh, but this is something that helps us continue the work that we do and make it very effective. So today we were talking with Father Jim Sitchko. Uh, he is a missionary of mercy. He has been for the last year one of the 100 missionaries of mercy in, in the United States. But his bishop, who is a Franciscan, brand new bishop, is uh, has charged him with continuing that work on an ongoing basis. And so, uh, again, you can find him on Facebook and on Twitter, Jim Sitchko. It's S I C H K O, uh, and get a hold of them in that way. Now, we've been talking about mercy, and we've been talking about uh, the importance of words and the fact that hey, words mean things, right? And so today we're going to look a little bit a very short gospel for the day. It comes out of Matthew five. And this is Jesus telling you to be careful with your words. He says this, uh, you've heard it said uh, that it was said to your ancestors, do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow. But I say to you, do not swear at all, not by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything else is from the evil one, right? Uh, oh, I, I, I swear by, you know, you've heard it, right? It's supposed to give emphasis. But the thing is, is if you're always straightforward, 
if there is no deceit or guile in you, if you're always straightforward, you won't need anything to emphasize your words. You won't have to swear by anyone if your yes is yes and your no is no. Uh, there's a, you know, the, the whole Dr. Seuss, um, gosh, what's the, the, the elephant's name? You know who I'm talking about. Uh, I, I mean what I said and I said what I meant. Uh, I'm, a hundred percent, right? I, I don't know the whole thing because it's been a while since I've read that book, but that's what it, that's what it takes for us is to be truthful and honest and straightforward. I mean what I say and I say what I mean, right? So uh, Monday is the, the feast day of St. Anthony of Padua. And he has this, uh, this really short homily that we're going to look at today. Uh, and it's we're looking at it because I think it's very appropriate for the conversation of today. The, the the title that they gave it in the breviary is real short. It says, Actions Speak Louder Than Words. Yeah, do you think? So here we go. This is from St. Anthony uh, of Padua. And he says this, The man who is filled with the Holy Spirit speaks in different languages. These different languages are different ways of witnessing to Christ, such as humility poverty, patience, and obedience. We speak in those languages when we reveal in ourselves these virtues to others. Actions speak louder than words. Let your words teach, and your actions speak. We are full of words but empty of actions, and therefore are cursed by the Lord, since he himself cursed the fig tree when he found no fruit but only leaves. Gregory says, a law is laid upon the preacher to practice what he preaches. It is useless for a man to flaunt his knowledge of the law if he undermines its teaching by his actions. But the apostles spoke as the Spirit gave them the gift of speech. Happy is the man whose words issue from the Holy Spirit and not from himself. For some men speak as their own character dictates, but steal the words of others and present them as their own, and claim credit for them. The Lord refers to such men and others like them in Jeremiah. So, then I have a quarrel with the prophets that steal my words from each other. I have a quarrel with the prophets, says the Lord, who have only to move their tongues to utter oracles. I have a quarrel with the prophets who make their prophecies out of lying dreams, who recount them and lead my people astray with their lies and their pretensions." I certainly never sent them or commissioned them, and they serve no good purpose for this people, says the Lord. We should speak then, as the Holy Spirit gives us the gift of speech. Our humble and sincere request to the Spirit for ourselves should be that we may bring the day of Pentecost to fulfillment, insofar as he infuses us with his grace by using our bodily senses in a perfect manner and by keeping the commandments. Likewise, we shall request that we may be filled with a keen sense of sorrow and with fiery tongues for confessing the faith so that our deserved reward may be to stand in the blazing splendor of the saints and to look upon the triune God. That is a sermon by St. Anthony of Padua. And actions speak louder than words. Uh, we talked in the very first segment about love, Love is to will the good of another. It's to, to act, to specifically, not just wish, but to go about and act to bring about someone else's good. Uh, we, we tell our kids, we 
love people. We like things, right? Uh, we, we don't will the good of our pizza or of our baseball bat or of whatever the case may be. For us to love means for us to put action and not just words behind what we do. In the book of James, uh, in chapter 2, we see that James is combating this very thing that people are uh, professing something with their mouths that they are not following through on. And he says this in in chapter 2, verse 14. He says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister has nothing to wear and has no food for the day, and one of them, one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat well, but you do not give him the necessities of the body, what good is it? So also faith of itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Indeed, someone may say, you have faith and I have works. Well, demonstrate your faith to me without works, and I will demonstrate my faith to you from my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe that and tremble. Do you want proof, you ignoramus, so James says, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac upon the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by the works. Thus the scripture was fulfilled, and that says Abraham believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. See how a person is justified by works and not by faith alone? That comes from James 2, and that's one that, uh, growing up as a Protestant, I never heard, right? Uh, we, we stayed away from that thing that works were, you know, part of this whole redemption, and that, that faith was made manifest in works and seen and visible because of our works. So the question, as we talk about mercy— as we talk about uh, opening doors for people, is where's your faith? Where's your works? Are you going about, are you building bridges, are you opening doors and inviting people into conversion? Not just saying, oh, well, you're okay and I'm okay and we won't talk about sin. See, mercy is not that we have sin and we don't have to worry about it. Mercy is that sin is forgiven and we are made perfect in Christ. The confessional, where we, where, we, uh, where we say to God that we're going to avoid sin and whatever leads us to sin, right? That we're going to do penance and focus on living the life of the Catholic. That we're going to focus on becoming a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's where the mercy is. The mercy is that anyone can walk up to that door, no matter who they are, no matter how bad they've sinned. Anyone can walk up to that door, but they have to walk up to it. They have to see the open door, be invited in, and be willing to embrace the cross, be willing to embrace Christ as he brings us to conversion. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Why don't you go over to OutsideTheWalls.com. From there, you can find our social media, you can find our blog, you can find our archives, and you can become a friend of the show. Outside the Walls is a co-production of Breadbox Media and St. Michael Radio, heard around the world on live streaming, terrestrial radio, and podcast. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you 